0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I hope you've enjoyed spending time in God's Word around the coming of Christ as a child born fully man and fully God. And if you're just hopping in this week, it's okay. This episode will stand on its own. But if you've been with me since the Monday after Thanksgiving, then you've been in Matthew and Luke, even John and Isaiah, considering, again, some of the texts that reveal the sending of God's Son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. I've tried to be very transparent with you each week as I share with you practical ways that I interact with Scripture on a daily and weekly basis. I share my bites, my Bible interaction tool exercises with you each week, as well as any insights or ponderings the Lord has revealed to me. But most of all, I long for Bible literacy for each and every one of you. And what do I mean by that? Well, I want you to be able to read your Bible for yourself and know what it says. If and when you get to that place, then you can think critically about what it means and ultimately how to properly apply it to your lives. Also, if you know what it says for yourself, then you'll be able to critically process the thoughts and teachings of others. You know that just because you read something on the Internet, it's not necessarily true. Well, likewise, just because you hear it in a sermon or read it in a book or hear it on a podcast or hear it in a song doesn't make it true either. And most of all, just because it sounds right, doesn't make it true. Please, please, please don't ever fall into that trap. I mean, if you're leaning in that way, just go read Judges and see how well that worked for the people of Israel doing right doing what was right in their own eyes. (laughs) Yikes. All right. I think I've mentioned that I like Hallmark movies. I love the predictability, the simple storylines, and the good feelings that they bring about. But I also know they aren't real. They rarely deal with the difficult storylines of our own lives. Sure, they may have a family feud tucked in there, but by the end, everyone's sipping hot cocoa and singing deck the halls around the perfectly decorated tree with light snow falling outside. And while I have a few of those moments in my memory, and I'm trying to build quite a few more with my kids, I'm well aware that there is great grief along with great joy in every story human story, (laughs) your story, including the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ to earth the first time and the second time. One of my listeners, Sonny, recommended Josh Wilson's Jesus is Alive, and the lyrics and thoughts of this song led me to Christ's arrival in human form and his departure from it. And so we'll start in the Christmas story once again this week, but we'll end up in a very different place, and I can't wait to dive into scripture, but first, let's listen. No way. the Bible Interaction Tool exercise, or bites as I like to call them, of repetition all Christmas season. I've read and reread the Christmas story in Matthew and Luke, and I hope that you have too. Because the thing about repetition is that the first few times you read through it, you get the story under your belt, and then the magic happens. Then the nuanced things start to jump out, the unfamiliar things and the uncomfortable things. So last week we spoke about the host of heaven, Praising God and the shepherds rejoicing at the new birth of Christ. And so I want to go ahead and look at it again real quick. Verse 8. And there were shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people." Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests." When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After they had seen the child, they spread the message they had received about him, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, which was just as the angel had told them. Now let's consider some of the verbs used in this section of scripture. In fact, we're going to use the bite of making a list. So basically, I just went and I looked at the scripture on the paper, on the page, and every time I saw a verb, I would write it down in my list. And so I wrote down residing keeping watch, stood, shown, said, bring, born, find, wrapped, lying, appeared, praising, saying, left, go, hurried, seen, spread, heard, treasured, pondered, returned, glorifying, praising, now, no one's going to come back and grade your list, and please don't grade mine. Um, even as I read it, I thought, was wrapped really a verb, or is it an adjective here? But... <laughs> This is not an exercise to see if you can catch me missing a verb or to catch me using a word that really wasn't one. This is to lead you along my thought process. Okay, so first of all, these verbs are very familiar in the telling and retelling of the coming of Christ as a baby. As I wrote these verbs down, I thought, wow, these are those verbs that we sing about, we think about, that are in our Christmas hymns and all of that stuff. So um, one of my favorites. Is the part about Mary treasuring and pondering the details of all of this happening of, of the birth of Christ in her heart. And I've tried to do that as a mama treasure and ponder the memories of my babies grown into children, growing into young ladies. And what struck me in this list, though, is the glorifying and praising at the end of my list. You know, these shepherds just had the experience of really more than a lifetime. I'm um, the experience for all time to share in the rejoicing that the Savior of the world was born. But what what was it again that the angel said? Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And what joy that it is. But what of the grief? I don't want to be Debbie Downer this week, but I do want to take into account that while it is good news of great joy that if you look closely, you will see moments and pockets of grief in the midst of it. And let's try to make a little sense of it. Um, This is not going to be a deeply theological discussion. I just want you to start thinking in this way. Okay, so just in Luke, you can see that the journey to this moment wasn't easy. You know, number one, Mary was a virgin. We're going to get to that in a minute. But also the journey to Bethlehem was a long one especially when you are that far along in your pregnancy. And then when you get there, you have to have your baby in a cave with animals. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure when I write out a joyful experience, and if if I were to be given um, the job of writing out what I thought the coming of the Savior of the world would look like, if I were Mary and, and God said, okay, you're going to have this baby, now write out what you think is going to happen. Um I'm pretty sure that uh, long journey, no room, and manger as a crib, not in the list, you know? (laughs) So as I'm thinking about all this, what I'm pondering as I consider this is I'm reminding myself that God is the one who has the big picture in mind. And events that I might dismiss in my life as ruined or awful or too difficult in his economy are perfect to display his glory and his plan and his solution. So again, it would not be my my birthing plan. Long journey, no room, manger as a crib. Not in my birthing plan, if you know what I mean. But what would obviously bring me grief, um, and you know, even for my male listeners, I think you can understand this. This is not ideal. All of that was woven into a story of good news and great joy. So when I'm in Matthew, I see a few more details. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and was unwilling to disgrace her publicly, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So Mary is pledged in marriage to Joseph, and in that time, it would have been a legally binding contract, which is why you would have to divorce her, okay? Now, the engagement period would, um, similar to what we do, it would give the bride time to prepare for her new role, to gather her personal belongings, adjust her relationships with parents and siblings and friends, sometimes even get a, a better acquainted with her fiance, especially if it was someone that was um, she did not know. The groom of course used the engagement period for similar matters including completing the house in which he would raise the family. So it's obvious what it's obvious what Joseph thought happened when Mary comes up pregnant before they completed their marriage ceremony and they're coming together as husband and wife and You know, even though it seems to work out after an angel appears to Joseph in a dream um, and suggests that he just go along with it all, I can imagine that this wasn't the picture-perfect beginning that either of them imagined. You know, Scripture says in verse 24, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and embraced Mary as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. All right, so between verse 24 and verse 25, there are about 40 weeks of being married but not acting like it, if you know what I mean. Pregnancy and all that goes with that. Conversations, discussions, whisperings in the village, judgment from others, misunderstandings, surrendering again to the Lord's will, wash, rinse, repeat. Okay, so what I'm saying is, what about those verses that we tend to want to skip over. This, is, this whole section here has a potential for quite a lot of grief and sorrow in the midst of this story of great joy. Um, And then so we may want to skip over that kind of idea, like the what happens in between these two verses. But then there's actual chunks of scripture that we might want to skip over. You know, the ones in Matthew chapter two, when the wise men from the east go visit the leading ruler, Herod, and he discovers that scripture prophesies about a king of kings being born in Bethlehem. And so the wise men visit the child in a house, not at a manger. I'm sure you caught that. And then God warns Joseph in a dream to take his family to Egypt because of what will happen in Bethlehem. And when we look up um, verse 16, it says, When Herod saw that he had been outwitted by the Magi because they went and visited the child but did not come back to tell him where the child was, he was filled with rage, sending orders he put to death all all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, according to the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing consolation because they are no more. So this story, this good news of great joy also includes great grief. Can you imagine all of those families, all of those sweet mamas who, like Mary, labored to bring life into the world, only to have it snuffed out by the evil jealousy of an earthly king? Great joy and great grief, not the perfect scene in our definition, no hot cocoa and light snow falling but great joy nonetheless and great grief mixed in. You know, just another one of those times when the contrast doesn't seem to phase God in the carrying out of his plan. And for us, we just want it to be so black and white that great joy just has to be full of joy and no grief mixed in. I guess the conclusion I came to on my study this week is that the grief did not outweigh the joy. God's plan for deliverance of all people was unfolding. And yet the sin he came to defeat still had its impact. Joy impacted, but not superseded by sin and sorrow. And so when, when I hear Jesus is alive, I rarely think of Jesus coming alive on earth as a baby. I mean, I guess that's why I like the title of this song so much, because it reminds us of both. You know, Jesus taking his first breath as a baby and his first breath as a risen Savior. And while Jesus's birth led from joy to grief, His resurrection begins in grief and leads to joy. In fact, there's a section in John chapter 16 entitled Grief to Joy. And when you use the bite, the Bible interaction tool exercise of reading in context, meaning you'll read... um just the chapter and the chapters around it, you'll kind of understand the whole story. In this case, there's quite a few chapters if you want to read in context, because this is in the midst of a really long conversation recorded in the book of John. It's after the Lord's Supper and before Judas leads soldiers soldiers to arrest Jesus in his ultimate betrayal but tucked in there is this little section grief to joy Um, chapter 16 of John verse 17 then some of his disciples asked one another why is he telling us in a little while you will not see me and then after a little while you will see me and because I'm going to my father they kept asking why is he saying a little while we do not understand what he's saying Uh, aware that they wanted to question him, Jesus said to them, Are you asking one another why I said in a little while you will not see me? And then after a little while you will see me. Truly, truly, I tell you, you will weep. And wail while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman has pain in childbirth because her time has come. But when she brings forth her child, she forgets her anguish because of her joy that a child has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. First of all, I love the disciples, don't you? (laughs) Because I can completely relate. Sometimes I read my Bible and think, what's he saying? Why does it say that? I don't understand. So if you've ever felt that way, don't fret. You're not the only one. Not only have I felt that way, but that crazy bunch of disciples that God used to change the world, they said some of those same things too. Anyway, Jesus is talking about the grief that they will experience at his death. And the joy that he's talking about is his resurrection and ultimately restoration of the world at his second coming. And don't you find it interesting that he uses childbirth as an illustration? I did. Of course, there's pain in childbirth because the mother's time has come. But when the baby arrives, she forgets the grief. And the world was in great pain at the arrival of the Savior. Um, the Hebrew people were in, in, in great pain and um, they longed for this Messiah to come and make everything right. And there's that longing and that groaning in the world, even today, that sin is still, um, still impacting us. Of course, Jesus has come and will come again. But when the angel, for all intents and purposes, said Jesus is alive, the grief pales in comparison to the joy of his arrival. And in my life, when I'm in pain and grieving my circumstances, can I see through my tears to see the great joy that God has revealed in the now and in the not yet? Because we do have hope. We have eternal hope in Christ because he is indeed alive. And the disciples did suffer great grief at the death of Jesus. I mean, it was the death of a friend, the death of what they thought was going to happen and all the dreams of what could have been, the disciples could never have imagined God's plan, even while Jesus was alive. And they definitely couldn't see God's plan in the midst of their grief. I think about Mary Magdalene in her grief. She couldn't even see Jesus himself standing in front of her. Because when you keep reading um, past John 16 and you keep reading through John 20, you'll see Mary standing outside the empty tomb. In verse 11, it says, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she bent down to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and the other at the feet. Woman, why are you weeping? they asked. Because they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they've put him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Woman, why are you weeping? Jesus asked. Whom, whom are you seeking? Those are in red letters. I love that. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him off, please tell him where, Tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rab- "Rabbi," which means teacher. And then he says, Do not cling to me, Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go and tell my brothers, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Jesus is alive and there is great joy, but it's not beyond the pale to think that the joy of Christ might be right in front of you and you're missing it because of your grief. Because the good news of Christ does not mean the absence of your grief today, but rather the hope of restoration of all things in eternity. And just because our joy is not yet complete at Christ's return does not mean that we cannot snap to at the sound of his voice calling our name and in the midst of our grief recognize his presence and cling to him. So what's next? Give yourself permission to explore the joy and the grief in the Christmas story and in this season in your life. Read in Luke chapter 2. Make a list of verbs and let them take you into your own adventure in Scripture. Don't turn away from the grief described in Matthew chapter 2 or in John 16. And bring your own sorrows and joys to the feet of Jesus. And like Mary Magdalene, when she said, I have seen the Lord and shared the words of Jesus with her friends. Do the same with those in your life. Sharing truth with a friend is the best. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or on Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I will tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, The overflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes, so I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Chad from Missouri, Leanne from Kansas, and Lee from Maryland. Welcome. New subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bytes that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. And you'll get an email recap of the week's episode and access to in, instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to MichelleNeedsThat.com to subscribe today. Have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Lindsay, who writes, I love listening to podcasts, and it recently occurred to me that there might be some Christian podcasts as well. I was looking for encouragement through scripture that I might grow in my faith by soaking up the word of God. Somehow I landed on this one. More than a song really is more than a song. It's almost like like a mini bible study. I'm not the biggest fan of Christian music, not always anyway, but I enjoy hearing these reflections. Whenever I'm driving or cleaning the house, I feel instantly refreshed by listening to this podcast. It makes me want to get down, open my bible and spend some more time contemplating God's word. If I can say anything, it's that this points me to God. Thank you so much Lindsay. I really appreciate the review and your kind words and I'm so excited that you're inspired to read your bible. That's my whole goal. And of course, All the rest of you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We're also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Christmas Eve in Bethlehem by Hannah Kerr to jump into scripture. I love using Christmas songs this time of year to inspire us to dive into scripture. I hope you have enjoyed it as well. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 252. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.